0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Councilman Podcast. I am your host for today, Albert Viradharma. And today, we'll be talking about it. Chapter 2, spoiler review, as well as some other stuff. And I'm not alone today. I'll be joined by a friend of mine, Colin Topping. Hi, Colin. How are you?
1: Hey, guys. I'm good.
0: So, um, yeah, I've decided to invite Colin to the show because... For some reason, between our friend group, you've been awarded the moniker of like the horror guy.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's just because nobody else really watches that much horror. So, by virtue of having seen slightly more than some people, I'm the horror guy. So, yeah, do
0: you, do you like that nickname being called the horror guy of the group?
1: I don't mind it. Um, there, I guess, so as compared to everybody else, there's no genre that I'm better at. So, I'll take it, you know, I'll take what I can get.
0: Fair enough, fair enough so yeah uh like i said earlier on the show we'll be going in depth spoiler review of it chapter two which just dropped this weekend me and colin uh with a couple other friends we watched it together um it wasn't opening night but it's still still the opening weekend Mm -hmm. and we have some thoughts about it i know colin you've read the book right yes yes, yeah and and we'll be i'm guessing we'll be doing some comparisons about that all those kind of stuff too and also before this, before this show, actually, just for reference, I didn't read the book, but I read the Wikipedia page for the whole plot of the whole film. <laughs> for the whole book, I mean the it book. There are some quite messed up stuff, but yeah, we'll yeah, get to it. We'll get to uh, it. Down interesting the
1: stuff in there. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, uh, so. Uh, At chapter two we'll be talking about that but before we get to that we'll be also talking about some other stephen king adaptation uh since today we see the drop of dr sleep the final trailer for it we'll get to that soon enough but yeah before we get to the actual show guys if you have not subscribed to the councilman show subscribe to the councilman show wherever you're listening to it on apple on spotify on Castbox, whatsoever do that and you can follow us at councilman show on twitter and instagram to keep us up to keep updated on whenever we're posting stuff i've i've been liking this new live stream format on youtube as so i could like have live interaction with the fans as last week there's some listeners chime in so hopefully we get that as well today and yeah so let's get to it let's first talk about that doctor sleep trailer that dropped earlier today colin what are your thoughts on that
1: um, I'm just not really sure what's going on to be honest with you, but I'm very intrigued. Uh, I mean it's not I don't think we got much more information than we did from the first trailer and it's just it looks it looks cool. I love the shining and I can't wait honestly.
0: yeah I I when I first saw that first trailer, I am very confused at the same time very excited for it. Mm-hmm for several reasons. One of the reasons is because The Shining is one of my favorite film of all time. And in terms of horror, it's definitely my favorite horror films out there. It's just creepy in a way that's, it's not like, it's creepy when you watch it, but it lingers in your mind, uh, like the iconography of everything. Like there are so many shots that you can take from that film that it lingers on your brain, it disturbs you. So that's one reason why I love the film. But yeah, when I first heard about um, Doctor Sleep, which I'm blanking on the name of the director who's helming it, uh,
1: uh, Mike Flanagan.
0: Mike Flanagan, yes, I believe he's. Did you did you happen to watch The Hunting of Hill House on Netflix? I've
1: seen I've seen a few episodes. I didn't get around to finishing it because of school, but it's it's really good what I've seen so far. And I don't think there's anybody working right now that would be a better director to helm this film.
0: Yeah, I've heard I've heard that too. I've never seen Hunting of Hill House, nor have I seen his other works, but I trust what they're doing with this. And it looks I feel like it feels it fits in perfectly with the world of the shining, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the Yeah. Go on.
1: <laughs> um, I just I hope they don't spend too much time like in the uh, Shining is like shadow almost. I hope they do to try to distinguish themselves, and you know from what I've seen so far, they've got a, a good mix. So I think it should work out just fine.
0: Yeah, the one thing that uh, when I first watched the trailer, the one, the big question why I said I was confused is because I don't know if this is going to be a sequel to the Shining film or a sequel to the Shining book. Because as people know, maybe they don't, but the Shining. Uh, the, f- the film adaptation by Stanley Kubrick is regarded as something that's not faithful to the book. Stephen King yeah. has expressed that he's not a fan of the film at all. So some questions were raised if like, oh, is this film, uh, the Doctor Sleep film, is it going to be a direct adaptation of the Doctor Sleep book or is it going to be an adaptation of the sequel for The Shining? But we sort of got an answer to that in the trailer, especially since they've, they're they playing the music from The Shining film.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... That and uh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure like what happens in Dr. Sleep. I haven't read the book, mm-hmm. but in well, this could be a ghost, I suppose. But in the movie, Grady dies or the, the groundskeeper that originally at the Overlook. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure in the book he doesn't die. Oh, okay, so, th- so I think that and it could be a ghost, like I said, it could be like an apparition that Danny sees when he visits the Overlook again. But I, I mean, I'm not sure what the time like differences, but
0: wait, was the um the was I there is someone who looked like Grady in the
1: trailer. Do you think that was Grady? him or I I well I think the actor is dead, but Okay. I think that might be them like the ghost, yeah. like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah the great it might be a ghost as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and, and they are they are revisiting the overlook and yes. literally in this newest trailer we've see a whole lot of that. We didn't see that in the first one. We see a a brief glimpse here and there, which was which why it excited me the first time I see it. And then now we're seeing everything. We're seeing even the, oh God, the twins. What's the name of the twins? I forget. Uh, I the. Forgot, yeah. But yeah, we, we see the twins and not only once, we see it several times. We see that room all as well. And we see the red realm, of course, iconog- that's a very iconic scene. So they're really, they're not pulling their punches in terms of like grabbing stuff from the film.
1: Yeah, like like I said, I hope they don't do too much of that. But it's mm-hmm. definitely great to see like all the, the overlook after forty something years. You know. Oh yeah. After not seeing it,
0: and yeah, I'm and I'm excited for what Evan McGregor will do as the adult Danny Torres, because yeah, he's he's a definitely a great actor, and ex, ex, I'm just excited to do to see this one. I don't know if they they will see like we'll we'll see any old cast from the original film, but like most. I don't, there's no way they're going to have Jack Nicholson in it.
1: I don't see Jack Nicholson coming back, obviously. <laughs> um, ah, shoot. The Who played uh, Wendy.
0: Shelley was, Duvall.
1: She, yeah, I won't see her probably. Mm. And, I mean, overall, there weren't that many cast members to begin with. It was kind of a mostly self-contained film. So.
0: Yeah, but also uh, Rebecca Ferguson is going to be, more, I, I feel like she's mm-hmm. going to play the villain and it looks great. Yeah. I, I feel like there's going to be redeeming her from she played a villain uh this summer and is uh not a very good villain or nor a very good film men in black international so hopefully they redeem her in this oh, one <laughs> okay
1: yeah i didn't see that but yeah that'd be a, a good redemption for you know and <laughs> not great supposedly not great film
0: yeah and yeah this this film definitely look this film definitely look exciting i am definitely excited wh- wh- when is it released you know
1: um november 8th i believe yeah
0: november, november 8th, 8th. Yeah, that's yeah. so. That's right after Halloween, so they're hitting right on that spot of the yeah. horror vibe, everything. So yeah, that's going to be very exciting. Uh, so be- yeah. Once again, before we get to the it review, what are your thoughts in Stephen King's adaptation in general? Cause this, yeah, definitely Dr. Sleep, Stephen King. Do you have another favorite Stephen King adaptation?
1: Um, I mean, I know you obviously said that Shining isn't like faithful adaptation but i i love the shining um mm-hmm. i like the original pet cemetery it's it's kind of okay. corny but it, it works um the new one they released this year that's not that good
0: i have yet to see i have yet to see that one
1: uh, if you haven't seen the original i'd prioritize that over the. Movie. okay <laughs> yeah i mean they take some liberties they, you know and they just don't go anywhere with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: so i don't have know you, but ha, i think have you seen Carrie? Either version? I have not. No. I haven't seen the remake or the original. It's like it's one main thing people harp harp on me for. It's like, you're a horror <laughs> fan, like, uh I'll get around to it eventually.
0: Yeah, I didn't know. Apparently Carrie is the first film to be adapted from Stephen King stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I I heard it's really good, so
0: And yeah, we're talking about horror in terms of Stephen King, but not to forget uh, Shawshank Redemption is also Stephen King. And of course, it's a different type of horror and as well as The Green Mile, similar vibes to it. Those are definitely great films.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since I've seen Shawshank or The Green Mile, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're obviously both very, very good films.
0: Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm looking at the list of Stephen King adaptations. I didn't realize Stand By Me was a Stephen King uh, book.
1: Yeah, I love that one too. Shoot. That I always yeah, I always forget about that as well. It doesn't seem like a Stephen King adaptation, like the you know the Green Mile and shawshank Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes feels, sense.
0: Yeah, you can see you can sort of see the vibe to it. But yeah, unpopular opinion. I'm not a big fan of Stand By Me. Fair enough. Let, let the let the hits come onto me, but I'm not a big fan of Stand By Me. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't gel with me.
1: That's fair. I'm <laughs> it, it's been a while since I've seen that one as well. Um I think my favorite part from that one is the pie eating scene that's mm-hmm. just that's what i remember the most from that film i was just up <laughs> yeah i saw it yeah so, but yes yeah, um,
0: um there is there's been a lot of stephen king uh resurgence i guess ever since the yeah recently like maybe carrie star of the trend 2013 but not really and then like definitely in 2017 we got the dark tower we got it which is definitely the phenomenon and people start mm-hmm. seeing it there's apparently a gerald's game a uh, film which is directed yep. by mike flanagan
1: apparently mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: 1922. That was on
1: Netflix. Mm-hmm. The Gerald's Game.
0: Okay. Yeah, and then this year we got Pat Cemetery and It Chapter Two. So yeah, let's just get to the It Chapter Two review right now. So if you, uh, for the listeners out there, if you have not seen It Chapter Two, and you don't want to get spoiled, this is your spoiler warning because we are going to go in depth spoiling It Chapter Two, all two hours and twenty four minutes of It Chapter Two. But probably our <laughs> spoiler review will not last that long, hopefully. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. I hope <laughs> uh, we'll we'll just like we'll get be reviewing uh, frame by frame. That's how it. It's that <laughs> and yeah, uh, just before we get to that, Cole Sanders is on the audience is listening, and he mentioned, but Stand By Me is so good. I I know people love Stand By Me, Cole, but I don't know. I just am not the biggest fan of it. So uh,
1: it's it's really good. <laughs> I, I love that film. Uh.
0: It's not my favorite coming of age, but it's it's definitely it's definitely good. I'm just not a fan, you know?
1: Okay, yeah, that, that's, fair. that's fair.
0: So yeah, It Chapter 2, Colin, let's just take it away with you. I just want to hear your, what are your thoughts of It Chapter 2 when you come out of the film?
1: <sighs> uh, I am so conflicted on this movie. It Chapter 1, um, it's probably one of my favorite films from 2017. And I'd, I'd read the book right after the first trailer for that film released. So it's, it's been a while, but I knew, I knew, I sort of knew going into it, chapter two, that I didn't like the adult half anywhere near as much. Mm-hmm. And I, it's definitely the weaker of the two. And just the ending of the book in general is just weak, as, you know, they harp on a lot in the, um, <laughs> the jab. In the film. Yeah, the film. Uh, that the bill, cannot, bill.
0: bill cannot make a good ending.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. So I. I tempered my expectations a bit and I think my expectations were about met, but I was really hoping they would surpass it. And it just seems like they took the bad and the good from the novel and they just didn't change. Well, one of the changes they made was good. And I will hopefully get to that later, but ultimately Mm -hmm. I think they just took the best and the worst aspects of the novel and kind of ran with it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. And like I said, I did I, I forget if I said this on the pre show or if I said it just now. I think I said it during the show that I read on I read on the Wikipedia page of the story. So I sort of I can sort of compare back and forth. And I uh, brief shout out to a YouTube channel called Pretty Much It, which they do commentary tracks and they make it funny. And uh, they've done a commentary track for the original the '80s miniseries It. And oh, cool. so I, so I watched them, and I watched the, watch the highlights of the commentary track, not the full commentary track, of course, because that's going to be too long. So I watched the highlights, so I'm like, oh, I can see where some scenes are adapted from, or some scenes aren't like that. But w- from what I can tell, maybe this is the case for the book, too, because the Wikipedia page clearly doesn't really express it too much. It's just like plot point by plot point. But is it jumping back and forth between the adult stuff and the kid stuff throughout the whole yep. book?
1: Okay, yep, there's a lot of back and forth.
0: So yeah that's um that is something that I'm glad we didn't see on mm-hmm. the first one on the first one at least because they just focus on the kids but this one when they go jump back and forth in the adult version I feel like that's sort of not really not really an exact failure in what they do I just feels like sometimes it slows down the pacing of the whole film
1: Yeah I'd say that that happened for me at least like cuz then you know they go on all their side quests, right? And then we see the kids, like, in those same areas, but, like, they're just scares, mostly. They're just Mm -hmm. set up for scares, but they're not needed, you know? And I feel like you're, like you said, it slows down the pacing. And it's already a very long film, and just the pacing is a little all over the place, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I feel like the, the pacing suffers most in my opinion, during the middle act when they're all on their own because that's also yeah. when they have the most flashback. Yep. And I feel like that could have sort of have the most, po- well, I don't know if they have the most potential, but they could have built up to something good there, but because of the, because of the lot of flashback and having to call back because maybe a lot of the fans, also the previous watchers of the first film forget everything, so they have to like pull back from the uh, 2017 version, the young younger's losers' club, and it it does I don't know may it not really pull you out of the film, but it's if you're already out of it, it makes you just out of it even more. If that makes any mm-hmm,
1: sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it almost feels like hand-holding to me, and I get it's been you know a year, or t- two years since the first one came out, but I really I think. Well, I think most of the general audience can remember most, or at least piece something together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't, I don't know if that was needed, and maybe we could have gotten some more character development from some of the uh, little underdeveloped characters, or you know, some of the plots they cut from the book. I think that mm-hmm. are beneficial. They could have maybe uh, included those as well.
0: So yeah, uh, talking about characters, do you think it would be easier for us if we just review it character storylines per character for the Loser yeah. Squad?
1: Yeah. That, so yeah, let's. That could work. Yeah,
0: let's let's go with Bill first then, because he's sort of the quote unquote like leader of the team, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, the younger version is played by Jaden Martell. I think that's his uh, stage Chill. name now. He used to be uh, called okay. Liverher, but I think he changed yep. the name to yep. Jaden Martell okay. or something like that. Okay. And then of course, adult version by James McAvoy. First of all, I have no, no. Okay, none of the adult cast I have issues with in terms of performance. I thought they were all perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. Um and the all their performances were really really well done. My main issues with the adult cast is just the, just the development of their character and like mm-hmm. the story that they're going through. Especially like um, this uh, adult Bill, of course, his main issue is coping with guilt, right, mm-hmm. with uh, Georgie, and eventually we sort of see that in the film. But I feel like it feels. In the first film, you can clearly tell that he has the guilt, and then in this film, he forgets everything, and then suddenly it all just rushes all back. And there is something about maybe it's the pacing again, or just the execution, or just the lack of the story, that it feels, it feels like, uh, it feels forced for some somehow. Yeah, I don't know if you feel that.
1: Yeah, I get that. And then um, the reveal—I know I saw some people didn't sit well with them that he was faking being sick. Um, on the day that Georgie died. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that didn't happen in the novel. I I could go either way about it. I think it does add an extra layer to his guilt. But I'm I was surprised that that wouldn't come up in the first one at all. Or I I'm not sure. I mean, I just I think that's basically the only thing we have to go off for Bill. And to me, um, in the first one, Bill's like the clear leader. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like he takes charge as much here. You know, yeah, it's more it- relegated to Mike almost.
0: Yeah, in the first film, I feel like the star, the characters that are star definitely Bill and Beverly and Ben are sort of like behind in terms of like these, um, the main characters. And in this one, I feel like Bill took a step back Mm -hmm. and it feels, this film feels like, I know you said Mike is like the quote unquote leader, but this film to me feels like uh, Richie's and Eddie's film. Yeah,
1: yep. Just, I think that's just due to their performances, which I'm sure we'll get to when we break them down, down later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would agree with that.
0: And yeah, uh, back back to Bill, the one thing that uh, I know, based on what I read on Wikipedia, once again,
1: mm-hmm.
0: apparently there, his wife got a bigger story in the book. And in this yeah. film, she's just Nothing. she's just there.
1: She's just there at the very beginning. Yeah, and it's almost, yeah, it's a very big side plot. They just completely dropped in which, you know, when it's this long you obviously can't do it but like i said you know cut some of that flashback out and maybe you can fit it in there you know it, it doesn't have to be in there but you know it's part of the book and i think it does add something to the themes that i'll, I'll talk a little more bit more about when we get to beverly actually
0: mm-hmm and once and also uh i i'm guessing the bike plays more significance in the book as well because in this yeah. film when he got the bike back which is a, a cute cameo by uh, stephen king i don't know if yeah. cute is the right term but sure. <laughs> when he, when he got the but when he got the bike back they're making it as if like it's a very important moment and as an audience as a regular audience i'm like okay yeah that's that's nice and all but i I don't really see that much of a significance as maybe some if if it's in the book, maybe it would make more of a significance. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's very important, like obviously just in the um in the in chapter two, they play it off as like, oh, it's a childhood bike. But at the very end of the novel, um, when his his wife is in a catatonic state, I think from the deadlights, mm-hmm. um, he he rides the bike. Or like around town, around Derry, with her, and it gets her out of it. Yeah, it gets her out of the comic state. So, I mean, I think it's just metaphorical, you know, for Bill's childhood. But yeah, like you said, it doesn't seem as important in the in the movie.
0: Yeah, and it, definitely that's the case. And I thought, I thought at first, since I I didn't know what the story is, uh, I thought at first the bike was the totem. Apparently not. Yeah. and yep. the totem yeah. is totem is a boat. And let's just, let's just uh, real quick recap all the totems for all of them. So Bill have the boat. Um, Beverly have the uh, the letter the letter.
1: Yeah, the letter from Ben. Mm-hmm.
0: And then Ben got the yearbook page, which is why they're sort of tied in together, and which is why I enjoy I enjoy their storylines in this one as well. And we'll get to them right after this. Uh, Eddie got the inhaler. Stan got uh, what's it called? Shower cap.
1: Yeah, Stan's a shower cap.
0: Uh Richie got the the token and definitely Mike with the rock, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird, but I guess that's where they make friends. They were first yeah, friends. That's so where, where they them. meet.
1: So yeah, I guess. And Mike didn't get um a scene for his totem. Everybody else mm-hmm. got a scene for the totem, but except for Mike, which I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah. And uh you said you wanna mention about Beverly in, in terms of the tones of like uh Bill and his uh wife which we're going to transition to Beverly with with this conversion right here. I found it weird that we know that Bill have a wife and we've seen that in the beginning of the film and we n- never really explore it anymore. And then in the middle of the film, when we sort of clearly know that, uh, first of all, we're, we're all we're, we are all rooting for Ben to get Beverly, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like at least me, because it feels, it's sort of sad. and But Beverly is just so oblivious to it. And in that moment when Beverly kissed Bill it just feels so wrong to me especially mm-hmm. knowing yeah. that Bill has a wife. I don't know if, mm-hmm. how you felt about that.
1: Um like it, you know like I said I saw it coming cuz I read the book.
0: <laughs> Did they actually and kiss in the novel?
1: Um no but there's I don't remember but there's definitely like flirtation there cuz I um cuz they've lost their memories and like when they when they finally come back they're like oh it was Bill that sent me the letter or you know they have they have Bill and Beverly share the kiss at the end of it, chapter one. So I guess just that childhood flirtation coming back. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you said, it does bother me since they drop the the Audra storyline. Yeah, that Bill and Beverly kiss and then it's never brought up again.
0: I feel like they, I feel like what they should have done is, um, if they want to lean into the Audra storyline, go full in it, or instead just remove the Audra storyline as a whole. I feel like they should have either done one of those. But they tease it in the beginning. And, of course, if you're a mm-hmm. book reader, maybe you're expecting more, but they didn't do it at all. Maybe that could yep. – it sort of, like, ruins it for you maybe. But, yeah, since I didn't read the book, uh, I didn't – I was not really annoyed by it at first. But when I started reading the Wikipedia page, of course, and I'm like, huh, that's interesting that they take out the whole storyline because apparently she mm-hmm. have really huge story once again, including uh, Henry Bowers, which we will talk about. Henry Bowers play, play, a, big, play a bigger role, I feel like, in the – uh, book, maybe. I'm not too sure either. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, let's, so let's let's transition to Beverly. Uh, what what are your thoughts on Beverly's character, Jessica Chastain, of course, in this one?
1: Um, you know, it doesn't feel like she had a ton to do. Um, I think the the interesting part with her character is that she saw how everybody was going to die. I don't believe that was in the novel, but I. That was an interesting take for sure uh jessica jessica chastain she was fine you know um i think maybe amy adams could have done a bit better um just because uh, I, I don't know if you've seen Sharp sharp objects that i have earthed not earthed it a lot um not. it's um uh, amy adams plays older sophia lillis and i think oh, she does a really good job really yeah mm-hmm. and then but Jessica Chastain's friends with Andy Muschietti um from Mama, I believe. So mm-hmm. I think it was it was bound to happen. But she she does fine. Um I just think a lot of these characters are underwritten and like you said, it's a lot of Eddie and Richie. Yeah. Um
0: I th- I thought just Jess- I thought uh, Jessica Jason was good in this one. I like I like her casting as the adult mm-hmm. Sophia Lilith, but that's just me. And uh, in terms of her storyline, of course, in the first film we see her main issue—the horror that she's facing—is the abusive father. Mm-hmm. And then we got, I guess, not really, not really a tie into it, but his, her current, wa- her current husband is abusive mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yep, and that's a that's a bigger plot in the novel because um, her husband travels to Terry, and there's like, um, he becomes hypnotized by it, I believe, and kidnaps Andra. It's just like all not present here. So I felt like with that opening scene, there wasn't really any payoff to that.
0: Exactly. So was, I'll just yeah, I was just wrap. about to say yeah, that right. because like mm-hmm. it feels like there's that and then boom, that's it. You know, it's like gone. Yeah. What's the mm-hmm. whole issue? It's like I feel like she should have been like at least facing that, you know, facing that fear mm-hmm. or facing that uh constant threat of it. Because especially it since you're I've never been abused as a child but I feel like if you're abused as a child it will scar you and it will yeah. like affect mm-hmm. you. So we didn't really see that at all even even when we're I know there's like one flashback I believe right when of her as a child and abused by the father. Yep. Yeah. But it doesn't really it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feels like there's a payoff to it as well. No.
1: That doesn't it doesn't seem like there is.
0: But yeah, so the the main plot point the main storyline for Bev in this one is definitely um, her and seeing the deadlines and everything, but also her and Ben.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And eventually uh she ends up with Ben. And that's something that I like. And talking about Ben, uh oh my god, I just had his name, his uh, actor's name J Jay right? Ryan. Jay, R- Jay Ryan, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. He did an amazing job in this one. Not only that, I feel like he looked the part of uh, Jeremy Ray Taylor. Can, I can sort of see like Jeremy Taylor going up to become looking like Jay Ryan, mm-hmm. but he also um he plays the part well. He have like they said it in the film jokingly, I believe, like same thing, like oh, he's like a Brazil German football player, a Brazilian football player, like that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he he definitely looks the part, but he also have like the vulnerability. You can see like the emotion and the vulnerability in J Ryan's performance, and I thought that was really well done.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I'd say his performance was pretty good. Um, again, I just think he was a little underwritten, and I do I do like his Beverly side like. I do have, like how he gets with Beverly at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, I saw it coming obviously, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, uh, he did a good job. He and Jessica t- Chastain, I feel like, didn't have amazing chemistry. It's my only issue. Mm-hmm. But I think there was one scene together where they, um, where he's in the clubhouse, is cl- collapsing, and uh, Beverly and, right. uh, is in, yeah. the, in the stall. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty good.
0: That was a know, good. Like, that that was a pretty yeah. good scene, and uh, as well. Yeah. Talking about vulnerability when that scene where uh he got his he got cut off cut up
1: yeah that that was i I like that scene yeah that was
0: and and the performance on his face on that one that was really i thought i thought he did a pretty good job on that one
1: yeah i i i had to keep myself from laughing at that scene because like you can see (laughs) why he's, he's ridiculously ripped like oh cut, it's just like he's so ripped i was trying i was trying really hard not to laugh because i i like this scene a lot actually it's pretty cool to, and like how beverly has to break the mirror to stop it mm-hmm. but he was just so ripped compared you know him you know his younger self in the past movie i was just like that's i thought it was pretty funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting so if if you are ripped and you get caught up colin will probably laugh at you <laughs> so yeah just a heads up but uh Where where were we? Uh, uh, uh,
1: Now I'm blanking. So his performance.
0: His performance is
1: pretty good.
0: Drama is good. Storyline is good. And, yeah, so I guess nothing, once again, not that much in terms of progression, I guess. But, yeah, his, his main progression is clearly just trying to sort of to, how do I say this? He's trying to grow from his, like being the fat kid and just trying to uh, uh let go of that husk of you know and but he's also trying to get Beverly, so yeah, I don't know what I'm going with this so I let's it, ju- I it, you know? <laughs> so let's just let's just move on um let's go to let's go to Richie because he sort of he got a big role in this one
1: yeah, and I, I- thought
0: hello, yep, okay, so Colin is hello. Okay, yep. you're you're breaking up for a bit just now. Oopsie. <laughs> so yeah. So what what's your thought on Richie?
1: Um, I think Bill Hader's performance is probably the best in the entire movie. Um, I think he got the most to work with, and I think he was definitely the funniest part of the film easily. So I think all in all, Richie probably the best character in the movie for me.
0: The, not only the best performance, I thought he had the best storyline as well for Richie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: And funnily enough, when out of all the casting of the Adult Losers Club, for me, for some reason, I thought Bill Hader wouldn't do a great job as Adult Film Wolfhart, but I take it all back as soon as I saw the film. He is perfect for that role. I can clearly see where uh, Adult Ricci will be like, and I could definitely see that in Bill Hader's performance. And you said funny, but he also you can see fear in his performance. You can see vulnerability mm-hmm. in his performance, especially in that scene where they're at the near the end where they defeat it, and they're all by the lake and they're all just crying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought I thought that was a really well done scene by Bill Hader.
1: No, yeah, he has great dramatic chops. You know the storyline about him, you know being gay that mm-hmm. wasn't in the novel. I didn't expect that, you know. But I think he brings like a sincerity of the role while also being, you know, the the comic relief at the same time, so it works out pretty well.
0: Yeah, and they and they did that uh, storyline of him being gay very subtly, but it mm-hmm. works
1: so well. Yeah, it works. it works really well.
0: And now I I wanna go back to the first film to see if they are actually hinting on that or not. But I believe uh, right. from from an interview that I heard uh, that they mentioned that Andy Muschietti mentioned that uh, they've been like planning the seats all along. So it's 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 a pretty good job that they did that
1: i'd be interested to see the first one again see if i can mm-hmm. find anything that hints to that It'd be interesting
0: yeah and yeah definitely uh once again his, his the scenes of him near the end of the film in the third act when he's uh with when he's with eddie i thought that, i thought he did a very good job in that uh as well and like you said he's he's a comic relief really for a lot of the part i li- <laughs> i like that when uh they're in the is it Playhouse? When they're in underground, what's it called? CLUBHOUSE. CLUBHOUSE, yeah. Clubhouse, yeah. 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 Uh, when they're in there, and then he, he, just, he just scares them, pretending to be Pennywise. I thought <laughs> that, that was a pretty good scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, at least, uh, we haven't talked about scares at all throughout this whole film, because I thought I thought the scares were all right. I, f- I found the first one to be more scary. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because we were following kids, and it was more scarier then than now. Mm-hmm. But I thought the first one was much was much more scarier and as well I feel like maybe it has something to do because in the first one we don't know what to expect with Pennywise. But this yeah. one we sort of know what to expect and we mm-hmm. maybe prepare ourselves for it.
1: And now and not like Pennywise is anywhere. I saw like <laughs> a Grace Randolph's review or some somebody mentioned this at least. But Pennywise is all over pop culture and I just don't think as a character he's very scary anymore. So they had they had to up the ante, i feel like a little bit and i can see doesn't that seem like they, it doesn't seem like they did to me i'd agree it, there was only like i think under the bleachers was the only slightly scary scene for me
0: oh yeah that was that was a disturbing and, uh, one
1: yeah that was and there's i feel like it's more disturbing like the the opening scene pretty disturbing i'd say with um, mm. the, the two gay characters yeah. beaten up yeah that was that was rough to watch for sure and then just under the bleachers i'd say with the two two most disturbing scenes
0: to me, at least. Yeah, and well, while we're in the topic of scares, the one I, I wanted to shout, that, shout this out earlier, but I forgot. But now, since we're in that, I'm talking about the kid that I, f- I forgot the actor. of oh, my god, I'm going to Google this. The kid who was, uh, at first, wanting to get a photo with Bill Hader's character.
1: Skateboard kid, yeah, I don't know yeah. his name.
0: Yeah, he, he did a great job, uh, in the performance. Yeah. But his when he's in the uh, in the fun house in the mirror and everything, uh, when he got his he uh, he faces eventual demise, that's that scene was f uh, f-top scene because, yeah, once true. again, uh, Pennywise is playing with the kid and the kids clearly scared, and uh, Bill is fighting his way trying to. Help the kid because he's trying to face the guilt and everything, and then just he's unable to do so. And just Pennywise just toying with them. I thought that was a really good, mm-hmm. that was a really good scene. A very disturbing. Once again, it's not that scary, but it's just like, oh no, it's so unnerving, you know?
1: Yeah, that's that's not in the novel either. So like scenes like that. Yeah, I'd i agree. That was also pretty disturbing as well.
0: And yeah, the, the actor is Luke Ross Rosler. That's the name of the actor. Just to shout him out. But yeah, uh there are lots of lots. once again lots of jump scares and while we're still in the topic of scares uh the scene that i wish they had saved for the film but they did it for the trailer which i thought worked well for the trailer is the Mm -hmm. jesse uh the one where bev goes to her old home and with the grandma i thought i thought that scene was good in the trailer it intrigues me to the film but i really wish they had saved that for the film yeah Mm
1: -hmm yeah and that i don't think the um the eventual reveal of the uh it old lady like the big giant old lady i don't think like the cgi for that was that good it was kind
0: of creepy kind of disturbing but yeah
1: yeah it's not the scariest thing the the trailer kind of diluted the tension for me
0: yeah and as you're saying that i feel it's just very unfortunate that that exact scene takes place in the middle of the film which we mentioned once again feels like the slowest out of the Mm -hmm. whole film yeah so if you're like already saying okay let's move on with the story and then that scene happened and you probably already see the trailer it really checks you out of it because i feel like i didn't realize this but thinking back i'm like huh oh yeah i've seen this i've seen this scene so i can sort of i'm just like looking forward for what's next because i sort of know what's going on so i'm like Mm -hmm. okay it's just very unfortunate that that is the timing that that happens you know
1: yeah it feels like something that definitely be closer to like not the beginning but like is when they get back to dairy just about i feel that's it seems like something would happen and Mm -hmm. i don't know it's like you said it's just another pacing issue really
0: and yeah so uh is there any particular skills i want to talk about again or should we go back to richie and eddie
1: um no i mean I think still the scariest thing is under the bleachers. I think Bill Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård doesn't get a lot of opportunities in this film, oh, yeah. Pennywise. But I think he gets he really shines there, and it's it's pretty tense because like he uh mm-hmm. Bill's, or Pennywise stares at the girl for like a couple seconds. Oh yeah, when when
0: uh, he pauses yeah, when he pauses and, he pauses, and like yeah, oh
1: yeah <laughs> yeah I'd say that's that's probably actually my favorite scene in the movie for sure.
0: So, yeah, um, props to Bill Skarsgård for his performance, of yeah. course, in this one and yeah. in, 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 in Chapter 1. Hopefully, he gets other roles, not just being the creepy guy because they will sort of suck for him. But because he, he did a really good job for it. Yeah, he yeah. does a really
1: good job. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, let's go back to uh, Richie. I thought, once again, his storyline was great. Performance by Bill Hader was fantastic and um, clearly... Uh, not really a story issue but more like a technical issue because apparently they de-aged the kids and i could sort of see that in Phil, finn Wolfhard's character's mm-hmm. face
1: yeah finn Wolfhard looks totally different now <laughs> than when he, he did when they started filming it chapter one um the other people the other kids they looked fine
0: but, yeah uh, finn
1: Wolfhard's definitely noticeable and i know some people we saw it with didn't notice and it's like i can see it, it didn't i can see too it too much didn't bug me too much, but at the same time, you know, it, I could see how it takes some people out of the film for sure.
0: And yeah, uh, talking about the kids and talking about the progression, I feel like, uh, in terms of like tokens and in terms of like the progression of the character, most of the tokens represent something from their past that they're just like remembering, sort of. Mm. But I feel like, um, Richie's character's token it's not only something to remember, but something to grow upon. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Which is that. why, which is why, I felt like the flashbacks for all of Richie's scenes was the one that is the most impactful and the one that sort of mm-hmm. progresses the story more than all the others flashbacks.
1: Yeah, and I'd say, um, oh shoot, I forgot uh, the Paul Bunyan statue is also an effective scare. While we're on Richie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that scared <laughs> actually scared me.
0: Yeah, and like uh, once again, the the scene, of course, in the arcade when they took uh, all the photos together, and of yeah. course uh, when they see the first hints that uh, he's playing with the tokens and everything, as well as uh, when adult Richie visits the visits the place where Stan got. I, I'm I'm not Jewish, so I don't know the exact term, but is it? There is something uh, that he's doing.
1: Bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah? It's
0: Is it a bar mitzvah? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that scene, I thought, I thought it was well done. It's you sort of see the uh, it did an emotional impact. I feel like with uh, with that particular scene and clearly showing the relationship between the kids cast and everything. So yeah, Richie's Richie's definitely the standout of this one in terms of just story and just the progression and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, anything else to add on the on Richie? Not on the Richie, I
1: don't think.
0: Okay, so yeah, Eddie. Let's talk about Eddie once again. Um casting life, I thought I thought uh, they really did a great job, great job on this one. And the one who James. plays adult Eddie is James Renzo.
1: James
0: Renzo. Renzo, yes. I thought I cannot see anyone else playing Eddie literally. No,
1: he, he looks exactly like Jack Dylan <laughs> I know like it's it's crazy. Years. It's insane. When they did that cross dissolve when he's in the pharmacy, just oh, like yeah, the eyes matching up. Like they they know how much he looks like. Him. It's, <laughs> I it's know. insane.
0: Uncanny. Yeah. But yeah, um, uh I I, I want to hear your thoughts first on uh Adult Eddie and just Eddie in general.
1: He did he did a really good job. I feel like he did research for Jack Dylan Graber's mannerisms. It's mm-hmm. I mean, he nailed it almost pretty much. It's just and uh, he brought he wasn't comedic relief, but I think he was a good foil to Richie almost, but they're still like friends, so it was a, it was a nice Nice yeah, the, well.
0: the the the, ke- the chemistry definitely between James Ranzone and Bill Hader is the most obvious, mm-hmm. most prominent throughout this whole film. Clearly, they have, they have lots of back and forths and because uh, Jack Grazer and Finn Mofart also have that, so it's really nice to see that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, one part he did a really great job of just being, at times funny, at times very very vulnerable, and that particular there is a scene that sort of breaks my heart. Uh, when in they're back in the haunted house, and then Bill is like just screaming at him, Eddie, come on! And then Eddie at the end is like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm just scared. I'm like, oh man. Mm-hmm. And th- that that was one of my favorite scenes of that film.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely like a a good portrayal of Eddie because I feel like Stan was the one who was kind of scared in the first one, or was more likely to get scared, and we needed you know
0: i feel like both these, of them were
1: so yeah of. okay Ed, eddie and stan kind of and it's just you know yeah like almost childlike i don't want to say like mm-hmm. you know he was it's childish once it's fair scared, but it like invokes jack dylan grazer's performance i feel like
0: and so yeah um uh, once again they gr- had a great performance i didn't i didn't see it coming that he's gonna die because I th- i thought all five is gonna survive is it five? Six. All, I thought all six is going to survive. Uh, but yeah, well, he died. I'm like, oh, OK, so they're killing you off. And I, it makes me wonder, because at that moment, uh, Penny was still alive. So it sort of makes me wonder if any of the other uh, losers are going to get killed too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is Eddie. And let's talk about Mike. He's supposed to have the prominent role in this one. But I didn't. I was the performance was fine. I thought his character, especially going to the third act, I feel like they build up this character and then they just burn all of that to the ground because they made him like this liar. Mm-hmm. I don't I, know how you I feel that. about that. Um, uh,
1: it's totally d- different from the book. Um, in the third act, Mike's not even there; he's in a hospital. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, which is which is why I was. Please, because they gave him way more to do than the first movie. Like he was completely mm-hmm. a background character in the first movie, almost. And yeah, fair enough. And this, and this one, he's kind of, you know, I, I do have a little bit of mixed feelings about him being a liar, but he does take a little more of a lead. Um, you know, he gets the losers back together, obviously, which is in the novel. But he, he kind of unites them, and even though it's over a lie, it was necessary. So
0: yeah i know but like i i was a fan of the character and the where they're going with him from the beginning of the film of course like of course he stayed in there he remembers everything he unites them but like at the very end because of that scene and like oh so so you tricked all of us so you know that we could all die trick all of us and like it fixed me like wow really it sort of makes him like it's sort of like a dick sort of you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah i get that i get that I don't know. I think Isaiah Mustafa brings uh he's likable for most of the film, and I think the end like when it's revealed that he was lying wasn't enough for mm. me to dissuade dissuade me from liking him. So I
0: still yeah, like Fair enough. So yeah, uh the other the other Losers club member, of course, which I I sort of have an issue with the storyline of this aspect. And that is it's ten, of course. So, um yeah. he he have a very brief scene because of, because of course he killed himself in the beginning of the film which i i sort of know that he's gonna die i didn't know that he's gonna die that way and the the reason why i know he's sort of gonna die is because i've heard like uh i've watched like speculation and stuff like that and they mentioned like uh during the part in the first film when they're all holding hands together and after one by one they start leaving like the first one to leave was stan and then they're saying oh stan's gonna be the first one to get killed so i was expecting that but i are expecting it to be that fast and how it it happens. Mm -hmm. But before I get to my thoughts and my issue with it, I just want to hear what what do you think of the story for Stan?
1: Um, I mean, I'll use this again. It happens in the book, so I knew it was coming. But there's a scene at the end where it's like, and almost makes his suicide, he tried to spin his suicide as heroic. I don't know if I like that. Because in the novel, it's just because like, He doesn't want to deal with it it again. He's very scared. And like, you can just leave it at that, you know? Mm -hmm. But in the end, they're trying to portray it like, oh, I, and this is more like about the group unity thing, which like they had to be together as a group if they were still alive for this to work. And like Stan somehow knew that. And it's just, that's not present in the novel, but it was was just weird and off-putting to me almost.
0: Yeah, that's why I said I had a problem with it. And it sounds very problematic because they make it as if that, um his suicide is the is the answer to it you know Mm -hmm. because like um oh uh because i i know if i'm part of this thing you guys we probably couldn't defeat Pennywise, so i have to kill myself to take my to take it out of the equation and you guys will probably win that's not a very positive spin to it no no it is not which is why i had i had a problem with that storyline in particular and then how they did it once again in the end with the letter so yeah yikes I, mean, I, th-
1: I really just think they should have left that he was just too scared to face it because he
0: that would have been better
1: yeah and it's just yeah you know, that's what i thought they were gonna go with you know i feel a little bad for the actor if that's the only scene he got but you know it is what it is
0: but, and also yeah the the turn of well i'm guessing there may be like a Maybe a brief time jump or whatever, but the turn of him sort of joyfully putting puzzles together, hearing the phone call, and then next thing we know, he's already in the bathtub and slitting. Is it's like that's so fast, you know? Yeah,
1: it's it's a bit abrupt, but I, I, where I thought they were originally going with it, I was okay with it. But you know, like you said, with that addition at the very end, I I'm not a fan of it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. And. Uh, while we're sticking with the Losers Club for now, at least, I, I, I want to go. Actually, you know what? Let's let's go to Henry Bowers first, and then we'll go back to the Losers Club and some theme that I want to talk about. But uh, I thought Henry Bowers was fine. Uh, there is a brief back and forth in the beginning of the film that sort of confuses me because I don't know who exactly is who. But eventually, I, I catch on to like, oh, so that's adult Henry Bowers, but maybe it's just me. But he was clearly just a, his, his a pop to Pennywise. Mm-hmm. And I thought in terms of that storyline, I thought they did it pretty well.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. He doesn't get much to do. He doesn't get much to do in the book either. I, know I saw some people complaining that his role was wasted. I mean, they could have ad- changed the adaption a bit more, but he never had much to do besides rough up the losers a bit. And actually, Henry Bauer's attack is what put puts Mike in the hospital in the book.
0: Oh, okay. And yeah, in this, in this one, I thought the scene where... Uh, in the, the bathroom scene with him and Eddie, I thought that was a really good scene. And then mm-hmm. I, I love how I love how Eddie's like and chop off that mallet, dude. It's been twenty twenty years. From... <laughs> that was, that's a, such a good delivery. It was, yeah. and of course, yeah, uh, the the fight and everything. But I yeah, um,
1: sorry, you were saying he was he was a little unconsequential uncon- in this film. Besides, you know, just attacking the losers. But I mean. I don't. I didn't really expect too much from him. So.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I thought they did a great job uh, with Teach. His name is Teach Grant, the actor who played Dalton Bowers. I thought they did a great job. Of course, Nicholas Hamilton, who played younger Henry Bowers, was also pretty good. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's. So nothing much about Henry Bowers. I'm guessing, and we thought we covered Pennywise in his performance. Uh, I I have a once again maybe a nitpick. But I have a problem with how they defeated Pennywise in this one. And I know in the books, it's how they defeat Pennywise is kind of weird. Yeah. I had a problem with how... Because in the first film, yes, the big villain, the big scare, the big horror is that Pennywise is just going to dare to kill you. But there's also other personal horrors. And one of them is that the kids are always bullied. That's like something that they have to face. And I have a problem in this. Uh, in the first one, they overcome bullying. They overcome Pennywise being the bully, and they overcome that. And in this film, they switch roles, and they'll, now they're the bully who's bullying Pennywise, especially in the ending. So I was not a big fan of how that turned out. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of how they beat Pennywise in the book, like, but with how they... Be- Portrayed it in this film, it just seems like Pennywise has self esteem issues almost. <laughs> so, he's too scared to perform. Yeah, he's too scared to perform, and I don't. I didn't know how they were gonna do it based off the first book, but like, I don't really want to get into the turtle and the ritual of chew too much. Yep, nope, that's weird. That's too it, weird. It doesn't doesn't make sense in the book. It doesn't really make too much. I'm glad sense. they
0: didn't. I'm glad they didn't do that in any of the film.
1: I mean, they mentioned the ritual of chewed right?
0: Yeah, but they I mean like they're not talking about the turtle.
1: I'm glad okay, they didn't yeah, they do
0: the turtle. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's too confusing for general audiences, I think. Yeah. But no, I mean then I don't they, know what else they could have done, but
0: then they I'm, beat up did they beat up anyways in a book or no?
1: They shoot. Um <laughs>
0: Let's read the Wikipedia okay. page. <laughs>
1: yeah. So yeah, the um itch lays eggs. Towards the end and like a couple of the losers go destroy it. Um lays lays eggs. Yep, lays eggs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um shoot slayer. But yeah, I,
0: I'm trying I'm trying to find it on the Wikipedia page as well. But
1: yeah, it's, it's a uh, giant spider. it is a giant spider as it is in like, he, yeah, he,
0: this I, one. I like that he uh, had the form of that giant spider thingy. But yeah, uh, based, based on the Wikipedia page, it says Bill and Richie, they had a final confrontation with Pennywise. They fight it. They they went inside his head or whatever, and then they grabbed yeah. his heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's weird. That's really yeah, weird.
1: Yeah, it's just like the ritual of chewed in the books is just kind of like a battle of the wits. So it's like, again, it's more of that belief stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you believe it'll work it well, if your belief is strong enough. And I don't think they portrayed be- that as well as they could have in the movie mm-hmm. and it just feels it just feels kind of weak. And Pennywise looks ridiculous when he's in his like, final form. <laughs>
0: and just so all scribbled for, up.
1: Yeah, it was hard for me to take him seriously. But you know, I I, I didn't know where else they could have gone with it, how with how they would like that's, that's right throughout enough. the mill. Yeah.
0: That's fair enough. And yeah, um I I don't know if it was you or it was uh, one of our other friends who pointed out, but the I, I heard a mention of like um Eddie's—they use Eddie's inhaler as a weapon.
1: Yep, and the and the miniseries, and I believe the novel. Um, in the miniseries is Eddie's like, this is battery acid, use slime, because he believes it'll hurt it. It does. but- So he just
0: spray it on Pennywise. Yeah, he just
1: sprays <laughs> the Pennywise with the inhaler, and in it it works. <laughs> it, it hurts him. So okay. So yeah, I, I feel like they could have betrayed that aspect better if that's how they were gonna beat him. So.
0: Imagine Imagine if they use all their tokens to actually, that's how Pennywise died, they all use their tokens as a weapon. So he just uh, spray and then uh, Mike throws a rock at him. And, yeah. well, I guess it wouldn't really work for Ben and Beverly. <laughs> 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 you just throw the paper and doesn't work. First. But, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> like like I like I said to you and a couple other people, I think, was when they kept harping that, like, Bill's endings were bad, I was like, ending this is probably not going to be that great and it, you know it was kind of a mediocre ending mm-hmm but, yeah what are you gonna do
0: but yeah um yeah we cover we covered a lot about the story and everything uh is there anything you think that we missed on this discussion
1: mm, no i mean i like the movie overall it's just it has a lot of problems mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of stuff that i feel like they could have done better but ultimately i'm i'm happy with it
0: yeah, I I too had several issues with the film. I I thought the first one was a clearly superior film because I yes. I love the first one and far
1: and away. And
0: yeah, and the first one is actually that first film is actually my first ever horror film I've seen in cinema because wow. as you might know I'm I'm a very recent lover of horror. I've seen a fair share now, but that is the first one I've ever seen in cinema, and also that is the first one that I've seen in the states. So that's why it, it's uh, I it really resonates to me the first film. But yeah, this one, I don't want to say, yeah, okay, I'll say this. It's kind of disappointing because what maybe it was my expectations going in. Uh, I put it among my top anticipated films of the year. And then the film, is... the film is not bad, but it's just not, I don't know if I will revisit this one as much as I will revisit the first one.
1: That's fair. I've rewatched the first one several times. And mm-hmm. this one almost feels like a bit of an investment with how long it is. And it's just I I mean I might watch them back to back when Andy yeah. Machete releases that director's. That's car. what I'm like, that's
0: what I'm excited about because Andy's yeah. gonna he mentioned like is it like four hour or something maybe it's definitely more than four but the first one is four two and
1: six hours yeah, which is a lot and but I, I'm curious to see it now.
0: I'm curious to see that one thing is all gonna be tying all together and also he said that he's going to be. He's actually mentioned this. He's going to go back and film some additional footage.
1: Wow, okay. Which
0: is surprising for me because I've never yeah, heard that after I a
1: film's release. don't think that has ever. I'd be surprised here if that happens often. I'm surprised Warner Brothers is letting him do that. But, you know, he made a ton of money, money for them from it. Chapter One. I mean, second One's probably going to do pretty well. So.
0: And, yeah, I've, if that actually happened, that he gets to film some more uh, scenes, I'm... Excited to definitely see that supercut that they're going to do for yeah. the first one, the second one. I wonder if they're going to weave in more of the flashbacks in the supercut. I don't know if that will work. I don't know if it will be a good thing or a bad thing. But definitely interested in what they will do for that one.
1: Uh, more flashbacks probably means more de-aging, which is you know, <laughs> oh. pretty, pretty expensive. So we'll see. I mean, I, th- I feel like depending on how much he films... We get a little more character development from some of the weaker losers a uh, weaker character as mm-hmm. it is and then i I, mean, I don't think they'd add like the audra or tom storyline oh yeah I, I don't
0: think they would do that it will because that would change the story completely
1: yeah it would but you know i i'm, I'm interested yeah I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch it uh, if slash when it comes out
0: yeah in uh in the book because i know i believe in the miniseries based on once again based on what i've seen from that youtube commentary track uh, is in the I know in the miniseries they did back and forth because the first scene of the film is an adult is adult Bill and then they go back flashback and then they go back again. Was was it yeah, like yeah. that in the book?
1: Um, sort of. I mean, the uh, the miniseries focuses a little more, I think, on the kids. Like as you'd expect, there are, there are some flashbacks in the like the kids section, mm-hmm. but um, in the book it's more like us. It's sort of like the flashback scenes. As stuff is happening to the adults, stuff is happening to the kids, and I, it's a lot more back and forth in both movies in both the miniseries and this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they do that in the supercut once again. They maybe they put some stuff from the they cut it together and from this film with the with the first film. Not necessarily shooting more scenes. I mean, like if they somehow can do that, it can be interesting. It can fail, but yeah, yeah we'll see. I-
1: I could see it having a pacing problem but uh, you know i'm interested if it means you know i love like i said i love the first one if you can get you know more of that feeling or try and capture that you know i'm all i'm all for it
0: yeah definitely uh the first one definitely feels more of a coming of age tale this one feels more of a it feels more of a fantasy fantasy film maybe with darker themes
1: yeah Yeah, because it's it's like like we both said it's not that scary it's probably more Mm -hmm. funny than scary and You know? Yeah. I wouldn't, I I hesitate to classify it as a hard horror film. That's what I'm saying.
0: Right. And yeah, just, just to mention this, since you mentioned earlier, uh, the first film make a lot of money. The second one so far, uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. The second one so far, they have made $91 million domestically. So that's a lot.
1: That's pretty good for a horror film, you know, Mm -hmm. especially three hour horror film. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think, and yeah, I think people love the first one enough to come and see it for sure.
0: And yeah, internationally it's make a total of 185 million internationally. So that's that's a that's a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: so yeah, we cover a lot of stuff about at chapter two. We talk about the novels, we talk about the miniseries. Is there anything else that you feel like <laughs> that we missed out that we should be mentioning about this? Or any yeah. no, not at all. No. So yeah, uh I don't know. If you if you want to give a letter grade or whatever, feel free to do so. If not, um, then it's
1: good. Also, If I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd. I'm wavering between three and three and a half stars because I still like the film, but it has a, <laughs> lot, a lot of problems. Apparently, probably going to lean more towards three stars, three out of five.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's around. It's around. uh it's rounding up in between the seven range for me higher maybe like a 7.5 or something like that once again I I thought the film was a good film I just didn't love it like I did the first mm-hmm. one the first yeah. one I the one I really adore this one was just mm-hmm. there <clears throat> yep. so yeah um I guess I guess that's probably it we cover a lot we talk about Stephen King we talk about Dr Sleep we talk about it. And yeah. Just like how Stephen King cannot make a good ending and they jab it in the <laughs> and they jabbed it in the film. Let's see if we can have a good ending to this podcast. Uh, all right, Colin, do something. Do, uh, <laughs> I <don't> know, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, know what to, I know what to do. I'm just okay. you know, sitting at this desk. <laughs> all right, uh, here, I'll just I'll just give you one question. Because we're in the fall uh, we're, we're in the fall movie season and most likely for next week. I haven't planned this yet. Maybe we're going to be talking about whoever's going to be on the show next week talking about previewing fall movies or the rest of the basically films that is for the rest of the year. Is there any particular film that you're excited for for the rest of the knives
1: year? Out, knives Out, far and away. Knives Out? Why is that yeah. so? Um, I don't know if you've seen Brick at all, but Ryan Johnson and Mystery is the perfect match easily and you know I know people don't like The Last Jedi but I think Ryan Johnson's a very good director and with that cast I mean I'm very excited and I there's early reviews that are out that are glowing so I'm very excited for Knives Out.
0: All right yeah I mean I'm based on the trailer it really I'm I really adore the trailer because it feels like I the the 1980 I believe 85 or 82 movie Clue I really adore that film, yeah. so this film have a the trailer have that kind of vibe to it. So I really like it. Plus, like you said, the cast is great. I'm not familiar with Ryan Johnson's filmography, obviously, except for the Last Jedi, but I'm excited for this one. Although I'm surprised that you that you said this one. I thought you would have mentioned something like Joker or mentioned like Rise of Skywalker or something, or maybe even Doctor Sleep. But you mentioned lives Out, so that surprises me.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't, I'm excited for. I'm excited for Eyes of Skywalker, as much as um, like a semi-passionate Star Wars fan can be. <laughs> and Joker, is it looks really good. And Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix is um, a really good actor. But I don't know, the cast and the director and these, these new reviews that just came out, it's, a, it, um, it's one I'm most excited for, probably. Fair enough.
0: So yeah, um, then I guess that will be the end of the show for this week. Um, thank you guys for sticking around and listening uh, to the show if you stick around to the very end. Shout out to Cole Sanders for chiming in in the comment section. And there is one comment that I haven't showed it because it um, he's he mentioned this in the middle of our discussion and it wouldn't fit in anywhere, so I'll just show it on right now to the screen. Stand by me. It's great because he mentioned like he, he mentioned he mentioned how dare. He mentioned how dare you? And I said, what are you referring to? And then he mentioned stand by me it's great. <laughs> Once again, I acknowledge that it is a great film, well written. Ralph Reiner did a great job, which apparently that's one of his first film, which I'm surprised. Yeah, but I don't know something about that film. Not a big fan of, and that's maybe conversation for a different show. I don't know. I thought the pacing was, eh. but yeah. So
1: <laughs> that's fair.
0: So yeah, uh, Colin, uh, where can the people find you online? Do you have any projects or anything or social media that you want to plug?
1: Um. I guess I'll plug my Instagram, ctopping325. But that's about it. You know, Not not a huge online presence, unfortunately.
0: And this is creepy because someone in the... Some guy named Phil Wolfhard in the comment section just mentioned this. Remember, if you roast someone, <laughs> they stream. I have no idea who this is.
1: It's Phil uh, Wolfhard, clearly.
0: If, if this is the real Phil Wolfhard, hi, Phil. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, love what you do and String Your Thing. But yeah, so if you roast someone... They shrink. That is the moral of the day, kids. <laughs> that is that is how Ant Man get into. Uh, that's how that's how his suit works. You know, he he himself and
1: continuous roasts. Yeah. He rose,
0: he roasts himself. That's how he shrink.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Finn forward for the comment section. But yeah, um so that is calling at C topping three to five. Did I mention yeah, that right?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: So yeah, and you can you can find me on the socials at javaradharma on twitter and instagram uh i post i haven't been posting a lot on instagram but i'm planning to do so more and on twitter definitely i just chime in on random stuff i talk about the Schmodon over there i talk about movies i talk about weird stuff like complaining about college occasionally <laughs> on, on twitter but yeah if you want follow, follow me there it's javaradharma uh where there are like my last time on the screen you can see right there and you can uh, subscribe to my youtube channel if you're watching this on the video you can subscribe to my youtube channel at joe movies all you have to do is click the subscribe button down there it's not that hard guys so it helped me out a lot if you do so and you can f- uh definitely follow the councilman show at councilman show on twitter and instagram we do it we upload on audio every wednesday and of course we're doing the live stream format now whenever it's available we're going to be doing that uh once again i love the chime in with the conversation because how else we're going to get comfortable for on the show this is the only yeah, way we're going to be able to crazy, do that yeah. Surprise uh guest I'm gonna put this on the title at the end of it. It's chapter two featuring <laughs> Finn Mopart. I mean, it's not it's all clickbait if it's true, right? So uh
1: presumably true, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh you can subscribe to the councilman at the at the councilman. That is for Apple, Spotify, uh, Castbox, wherever you're listening, everywhere you can listen. It's available everywhere. Thanks to Anchor. So yeah once again, subscribe, and if you leave a five-star review on wherever you're listening at, we'll shout you out on the show, the next show, when we hear it. So, thank you guys for watching once again, and thank you for everyone who's been in the comment section and chiming in, and Colin, you have anything else to say before we leave?
1: Um, no, just subscribe to the Councilman.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, that has been Colin, that has been Albert, and Until next time, guys, the councilman has spoken.